in the Boston Radio Network, bostonradioshow.com. Very my man John did it real good for you people. We have a great show for you this week. Got two great coaches, Sam Joe of San Diego, the Toreros, and we go down in Middle Tennessee State. My rival from Tennessee State, Nick, will on the show for a great conversation. We have our weekly contributors as well with Boss Report, emails, and also about his Florida man, sponsored by his homeboy, China Man, John. <laughs> you got to watch our China Man, man. He's, he's, still, he's still on the heels. He's still four man's heels, right? Very much so. And I love it when, when they actually meet each other. I love that. That makes for great material when they meet each other. Oh, yeah. You never know what's going to pop off when those two in the same room together. And what you said, and what you said, and, and, and John, I got to remember back from the old the old show, the dark archive shows of our my our good buddy, Reverend Dershert. Do you remember that show, John? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Reverend Dershert's one of the all-time classics. <laughs> well... The Rev is getting married, John. Oh, God. <laughs> the, dir- the dirtiest <laughs> wedding in history. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the Rev wants me to be, quote, his best man. Really? Um, I, I, don't know if I don't know if I can advise you to do that. I mean, I, I feel like you might have to be careful with that one. Uh, I absolutely not to go. I don't want to be involved with that d- dirty wedding. Does that mean I have to wear, like... No faded clothes from Goodwill or something, or something. <laughs> you never know, man. You know, when you're getting involved in the dirtiest wedding in the world, you have no idea what's what's coming your way. So that's you gotta be careful when you accept that invitation. Exactly. I would rather go to a BSA crap party. <laughs> that's saying something. <laughs> I'd rather deal with that than go dealing with the dirtiest wedding ever. But yeah, he called me. It's like. Boss, I want you to be my best man at my wedding. wedding. <laughs> and John, I'm gonna be like a jerk, but thinking to myself, what woman would actually lay there and take that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> it's, That's my. It take. is an interesting question, to be sure. <laughs> that. Hey, that is truly my take, my good. You're gonna brother. have to creep up on his Facebook and see what's up. So, uh, yeah, man, I don't know about my good brother. That works for me. And uh, also, my good brother, talk to the people that saying you've done a great job with it. Uh, this week, you hit to put it up there. Uh, last week's show, 17 segments, my man. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that's a lot of segments you put up there. But, bro, talk to the people about the website and how, how the mobile version versus the desktop versions, the iPad, I've been questions about it, so I think it's best to allow you this opportunity to explain to listeners about BossManShow.com and how to navigate it, whether you're on the mobile or you're on the desktop. Yeah, basically, we're just working on some of the kinks, you know, that's part of the, the soft rollout we did, putting it out there so we can see how it's going to react when we go live and kind of kind of tweak it based on the feedback that we get from listeners, which is the process we're in now, so, you know, if you've been logged on to uh, the desktop site you probably haven't had too many issues if you log out of the mobile you might see things a little bit you know out of whack things are formatted a little bit differently um but that's part of the process so we're working through that getting all those things dialed in and over the course of the next uh few coming days and weeks we should have it all dialed in working 100 percent or at least 99.999 percent and uh we'll be off and running so i'm, I'm satisfied with the way it's on and uh you know listen if, if you're happy with the boss i'm happy with it 
Oh yeah, man, I like it. It's very smooth and it's it's getting compared. I can't, I don't, I can't compare nothing about it. You're doing a, doing a hell of a job. Uh, the well master himself, the <laughs> man with plan, the man behind some, the screen, some kind of plan anyway. <laughs> exactly, man, old man, folks. Thank you for supporting the Audio Boom site. It's been great. Uh, I love it. I put it on LinkedIn as well. Just my Facebook is the Boss Man Show. Jared the Boss Man as well on Facebook. Twitter, Jared the Boss Man. Also, the Boss Man Show on who I get this grant popping. That's on me. IG will get back popping. I guarantee that. The Midway House, I guarantee it. It'll be back popping. We still got on Stitcher. Still got that TuneIn Radio. iHeart, Deezer, Castbox, TuneIn Radio, Spreaker. So we still done. We got all the apps, man. That's why I still John. There is no reason nobody cannot find this show anymore. No, no, that's no reason at all. Because uh, this show is everywhere, everywhere, and because of what we put in, we'll be able to leverage this show and get more affiliates down the road. Because of the work we put in, and John, like, I mean, I tell you what, I tell you yesterday off the air, man. Uh, for what we do, for what we do, we don't know about off the air. This is amazing feat. What what we pull off every week here on the Boss Man Show. Oh yeah, it's, I mean it's the way that uh, you know it goes on behind the scenes to get the show out every week, and uh, you know it, it's just something that the listeners we try to get a little bit behind the scenes here and there. But it's hard to um, get a real picture of it unless you see it in action. Maybe someday you will. Maybe someday we'll do a little, we'll get into some video, uh, you know, video logs about how we uh get the show together each week and give everybody an idea what goes on and some of the you know nonsense that happens between us <laughs> during the week <laughs> edited out of course exactly <laughs> exactly like folks just know i never know till the day before the show whether we're gonna have a show for the guest so let's say that let's say i don't know who's gonna join the show before, before we i just don't know and you know it's like so i was like hey that's to me not no one's on your show before you go there. It's something that's amazing. And we still get the good guests we get, so just know that. Well, also, e- email us. I just was saying, also, you don't know what's going to happen, you know, from a, a news standpoint either. I mean, that, that changes, you know, minute to minute. So stuff pops off on us that we weren't planning on talking about that we have to address. Then, you know, that's a whole other thing. Man, what you just said, it's always a consultation. You always got to be flexible and always be ready to move with the time and the news. And email us also with holla. Bossmanradio.com is holla, H-O-L-L-A, at bossmanradioshow.com. That's where we get the emails from. So, people, great show this week. We also have Nick McDevitt. We also have our correspondent who joins on the show. So, folks, get ready. Don't get off. Great show for you. Stick around. Stay. We'll be back shortly after break. I'm chilling, happy, understand me, baby, this thing's so cool. I'm chilling, happy, understand me, baby, this thing's so cool. I'm chilling, happy, understand me, baby, this thing's so cool. I'm chilling, happy, understand me, baby, this thing's so cool. Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. 
A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404-542-607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. A gorgeous tan from Suntan City gives you an inner glow that relights the fire when you run into your first crush. Vicky, who is that? An old boyfriend. Lucky you just tanned at Suntan City. Lucky he's single. We're doing lunch tomorrow. Won't be single for long then. During Tour of the City, try all five tans, including spray tan, for just $4.99. Restrictions may apply. Click to buy now. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grinding NC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, illstreetrex.com. And streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today. True Speech and 313 Fresh Family Grind ENT. Believe in it, get it. San Diego Toreros out there on the west coast of San Diego, a beautiful town. Coach Sam Show, Coach Show, talk to us. How's the weather out there in sunny San Diego, California? Yeah, it's actually, we, we go through a little bit of a period uh, every year in June where we get a little bit of a June gloom. We get, we get a bunch of days uh, in a row where it kind of stays cloudy all day. But for the other 11 months of the year that we get to enjoy some of the most beautiful weather on earth. Uh, we can we can make it through. Now, coach, shockingly, here in Atlanta, it's 82, 82 degrees, coach, and it's not humid and windy today. I'm shocked. That's beautiful. <laughs> that's crazy. That's a good day right there. That is a beautiful day in Atlanta. A lot of beautiful days, but that's definitely a beautiful day in Atlanta, right there. You get there, right, coach? I, I, John and I are not getting choked out by sap today in, in humidity. <laughs> we're, we're happy. <laughs> oh, that's outstanding. I love it. I love it. Now, Coach, I want to ask you, man, what does it mean to you, Coach, that you've been on Toronto as long as you have, been around the program, and then you're the head man leading this program, putting your own stamp on this university in the city of San Diego here going forward as the head man of Toreros? Oh, it's a, it's an extremely humbling uh, opportunity and one that I'm deep appreciative of, of 
I mean, it's, it, it, it's been a program that means so much to me and, and really, you know, helped make, make me a man. And it was like, I uh, came through USD as a player. It was the last steps of, you know, before, you know, moving out to the real world, but then was blessed and, and lucky enough to have an opportunity to work for a great man in, in, in Brad Holland and who started me off in the business and taught me the business in the right way. Um, and so that it had an opportunity to come back and, and, and lead this program uh, and, to try, and try to establish a tradition is what we're really trying to do. Uh, it's, a, it's an exciting and, and like I said, a very humbling opportunity. So, Coach, you mentioned, you know, establishing tradition. is something that speaks to a long-term yeah. goal, and it, it seems to me that in order to have achievable, attainable long-term goals, you have to have a good, solid relationship with your administration. And so if you could speak to that a little bit, the the administration of the university, along with the community, what is it about those folks that that resonated with you and made you feel comfortable in making this decision? Oh, that's a great question. And I'll start at the top with our, with our president, Dr. Jim Harris. You know, I had an opportunity when I first met Dr. Harris, he's one of the most impressive, genuine humans that you'll ever meet. I mean, met him in, we were in Alaska for the great Alaska shootout in our first season here. And he came to, you know, be with the team and to meet everybody who's brand new on the job. And, and he's one of those guys where you meet him for five minutes and, you, and you're like, you want to ask him if he, he'll be your best friend. I mean, he's just that, he's just that impressive of a guy and just such a big, uh, genuine. And he's just leading our university to so many special things and so many different um, aspects of, of life. Uh, and then, you know, having an opportunity to have my first head coaching job uh, with an athletic director in, in McGillis is, is very, very um, awesome opportunity for me. Every time I meet with Bill, I talk with Bill, he gives me something that helps me improve. He gives me something that uh, I need to be looking at that'll help our program improve. Talk with him, I get better. And so as a, as a brand new head coach, I don't think there's a, a better opportunity um, to have a, to work for an AD that, that can do that for you on a daily basis. Now, Coach, uh, what do you feel like be the biggest adjustment for you moving over that one season being the head man? So how's that adjustment been for you? And when it comes to on court, how do you think it would be the biggest adjustment for you being the head man and rather than being the assistant? Well, I, I think the, the biggest thing is was, I was pretty lucky to have an opportunity at the end of our season to, to coach four games. And, you know, kind of a little trial by error a little bit to see how it was going to be um, for the um, – you know, for if I was able to, to at that point to get the head coaching job, and and so I, I've kind of got a feel for for how my style is going to be, and you know, and a lot of people just told me they just just coach to to who you are, and 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 don't try to be anybody else. And so I think my style is to be uh, during the week and leading up to our game to be very very uh, um, fiery and competitive and getting us ready to play. But then when it's time to play. You know, we're going to let go out and trust our work. We're going to trust our preparation and the guys in the work that we've done with our guys and, and let them go out and make plays. You know, I want guys to play free uh, offensively, but on the defensive end, I want us to be intense, tough, gritty, competitive, um, and, and really be aggressive. And overall, our opportunity to really try to inflict our will on other teams. Um, but the, the biggest challenge, actually, is what I've been going through this last month is just, is just a, you know, you get into that, that seat, and then it's, you know, every facet of the program is under your control. And so the planning and, and the, when to implement and all that stuff is, uh, is kind of been the biggest challenge. And, you know, it's taken up a lot of my time and focus. Well, now, Coach, uh, one of the things that uh, falls under the umbrella that you just spoke of is recruiting. And, and Jr. and I like to yeah. discuss recruiting with uh, new head coaches such as yourself and, and what your yeah. – uh, 
you know game plan is going to be in that regard are you going to go uh, with high school freshmen juco guys transfers a mix of these three maybe an international guy you can always you know mm-hmm. call in i actually have a couple years of eligibility left jr he burned all his it. good days so <laughs> i could be I a fifth year senior coach fifth year senior beautiful we need one we need that right now we need that experience now, you know, the big, I've been in the WCC my whole career uh, as an assistant and now as the head coach and as a player as well, so it's 20 years plus. And one of the things I've noticed with our, with our conference is, you know, there's been teams that not named Gonzaga or BYU or, or St. Mary's that have, had not, that have gotten up and towards the top part of the league and, and contending level, and they usually do that with juniors and seniors. But then those, a lot of those teams, though, have then gone and replaced those juniors and seniors after playing at a contending level in our conference and then gone and replaced them with a bunch of freshmen. That's tough. That's a, now, you're, now you're asking for a long, long row because this is a very, very good basketball conference with some unbelievable coaches. And so what our plan is to, to do our very, very best to um, get old and stay old. And ways of doing that this past year, we registered four freshmen. Uh, that's one way to stay old. Uh, I think we're a, we could be a tremendous, um, call it our four-to-four transfer school. You know, when you think about maybe a young man playing at the high major level and not in the role that he would want to, to be able to just take a slight step down to the WCC and play a very, very competitive basketball, nationally recognized basketball, and have an opportunity to have a bigger role, or somebody at a, maybe a quote-unquote lower level having an opportunity to step up to, a, again, a, a nationally recognized type of conference uh, and have a chance to, to play a big role on our team that way. So we're going to spend a lot of time in making sure we put the right transfers in at the right spots, uh, you know, you always got you got to recruit high school. You always do, but I think you have to be make sure you're you're bringing in high school guys at the right spots, uh, with the right opportunity that they're going to be able to succeed in right away, and then build their careers from that. And and we've also had a great opportunity to we have three international guys, and I like the experience that international international young men bring. You know, and just it's just a little bit different, um, a little different aspect of basketball out there that they they play and they're involved in. And and so I think they also bring a little bit extra experience that way. So I would think, I would say a big part of our theme recruiting wise is that, you know, what can we do to have, to continue to bring in great experience to our program? Folks, you have Sam show here with the San Diego Toros head coach here in the boss man show with Jr. and John. And now coach, when people watch your team play this year, who missed you in those four games you had in the last season, when people will watch your team play come this season, what do you want them to take away from seeing your team play every night and represent the university of San Diego? I love that question. I think that the number one thing I want them to come away is that that team's really, really connected. They play for each other, and and they're they're playing to make the guy next to them better. Uh, I really hope that 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 comes through in in our play. Uh, The second thing I would say, I really hope that people come away and say that's a really gritty, tough defensive team that really, really pursues the ball at a high, high level and a relentless level. And then third, offensively, that's a team that plays – plays with with great spacing, plays free, and plays for each other, creates offense for each other, uh, and trying to find you know the best shot time and time again and, and doing that with a lot of pace. Um, so I would say that those would be the three things that I would hope people would walk away from after watching a USD Terrell basketball game. Now, Coach, on that note, we'll swing it over to scheduling, you know, uh, how your guys yeah. are going to play, how what people are going to see on the court, who they're going to see you playing against. 
against what is your intent uh, when you go about making this non-conference schedule? Are you going to try to um, go heavy on tough opponents and really, you know, give give your guys a, a real tough non-conference to prepare them for conference play? Or are you going to do a little mix where you kind of have maybe, I don't, don't want to say cupcakes, but a couple cupcakes in there, mm-hmm. let beat up on some people, you know, and then uh, yeah, right. there's tougher games that are going to challenge them. How do you see yourself going about that non-conference schedule? Well, I think every year is a, is a, a, a brings a different uh, identity to your schedule and uh, that identity is all based off what your team looks like next year we return or we return we all lost one guy from last year's team uh, we returned 65 points a game from our four seniors and we returned the other uh, 11 scholarship players you know so we have great depth and experience in scoring so uh, we feel like we have everything physically um, to be able to contend at a, at a really high level now there's a lot of work we still have to do to making sure we're contending um, but with what we have in place you know we're putting together a schedule where you know, we're we're going for it. We're, we're we want to have a schedule that enables us to be be looked at as a as a contender for an at large bid. Um, so we we're, we're still very much in that, in that process. But we have we have games at Old Miss at um, at San Diego State, um, Colorado coming to our place, and we're trying to schedule a couple more quote unquote quadrant one type of games. You know, they using that quadrant term a lot now. Um, and then after this, you know, again, it'll just be based off kind of what the roster we have. I think we're always going to put together a schedule that. Um, gets us, uh, gives us great confidence through playing tough opponents and also getting wins uh, to get us ready to play in a very, very competitive conference schedule. Um, but we always want to be going into that, like I said, off, off some great confidence coming from one of those two types of games. And, uh, Coach, if you could, uh, what's some close individuals who really had a great impact on you professionally and personally in, in the business here? And who are some guys who just been kind of helping you as you kind of took over this, this new rope in the head, man, moving that one skid up and making decisions for this program going forward? Uh, I have so many great mentors that have just that blessed my life and my coaching career in so many ways. Like I, I mentioned before, Brad Holland, who, again, really taught me this business and the all-time winningest coach here at the University of San Diego and he's just given me such great valuable advice in so many different levels um, as a man, as a father, and as a coach. Uh, David Fisdale, who's best man in my wedding and uh, who I played for and been coached with here uh, at the University of San Diego, who's now the head of the New York Knicks, you know, he's given me some very, very valuable advice just in terms of he said, you know, don't worry about making the great decision, just don't make the bad one, you know, and, and, and just stay away from making the really bad decision. Uh, and then to, you know, to keep, to, to keep poised in everything that I do and to, to not get emotional. Um, so he's given me great, great advice. And then I've gone back to, to the guys who really started my love for coaching and my high school coaches back in Geek Harbor, Washington, who have always been great mentors and taught me so much about, you know, the right way to coach and the right way to treat people and, 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 and the guys that you're around every single day. And so I've gone and used them. So I've gone a lot of different, different ways. I've gone in, in the conference, Kyle Smith, who I probably would not be standing here today if Kyle Smith had given at University of San Diego had given me an opportunity um, to walk on here at the University of San Diego and pursue my dreams of being a college coach. He's given me great advice in even being in the, in the league with us. Um, so, so many great people in my life that I'm so very fortunate to have had, you know, uh, bless my life in so many ways. Okay, Coach, I, I just want to circle back to uh, the recruiting uh, question a little bit. JR and I, I just want to give you our three best qualities on the court. So that when recruiting time comes up, you know, you know, when you're sitting in the living room across from us trying to bring us in, 
you know, you know what we can bring <laughs> to the table, okay? So for me, I, love it. I, love I, I take it. I a charge. It. I can take a charge like nobody's business, okay? Uh, I'm That's feisty great. on like defense. That. Feisty on defense, and I look good, good in headband coach. Headband game is on point. I look real good <laughs> in headband. Now, JR, JR, he can stroke it from downtown, and not only can he do that, but he good. does it in dress shoes. He can do it in dress shoes, which means wow. he can come off the bench at any time. Even if he's in street clothes, there you go. He can come off the bench right then and there and stroke the three for you. So, just saying that's that's, that's where our that's where our game's at, right, Jr. Yes, and coach, yes, I I beat NFL player playing horse in Stacy Adams, coach. <laughs> Slip that slide, but still doing crossovers in Stacy Adams now. Oh man, no, that, <laughs> yeah, his that's own good. Yeah, that's great. That is very impressive. That is very impressive. I, it sounds like if we could just combine you two guys into one, we'd have a really heck of a player now. Oh, you'd have something, exactly. Right. <laughs> and, and coach, they can't forget our personal six man, JT Smith. He'll love to be on your team. He's six foot four. He's six foot four. He's from Memphis, so he, he can ball a little bit, and he's a free spirit. He'll defend oh, the rebound. See the shoot his wide open three. Nice. I get that right, John. Keep in mind, coach, that we've been pitching this for about. Uh, the better part of five years now to coaches all across the country. Yeah, and we're still behind yeah. the mic, so just keep that in mind. Uh, I definitely <laughs> will. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Yes, indeed. Well, Coach Show, if you come in town for that Peace Jam, love to have you have you come by and see us, man. I, I oh, know a lot of you come to town for that. Yeah, that would be great. Yes, I'm it. planning on that. I'm planning on coming to Peace Jam. That would be upsetting. I'm going to take you up on that. Yeah, man, you know, we have a good time. Me and Tyler, man, we have a great time down there, man. So hopefully you can come by. You got my number, so love to have you great. come by and see us, man. Have a great time. I love it. When all you guys come to town, hanging out with you all, eating the great food of Atlanta, enjoying the hot sun, of course, and everything, and the yes, brave yes, game, too. So it's always fun. You guys, y'all go out, guys, come out here and see us, man. That'd be great. I would love to. I'll definitely plan on that. That'd be outstanding. All right, Coach. So we'll talk to you real soon, man. Definitely. Look, thanks so much, guys, for your time. I really appreciate the opportunity to be with you. You're welcome. Anytime, buddy. Thanks, Ted. Thanks for you. Have a blessed day. Man show. We have a returning guest. He's now he's at Middle Tennessee State University down in Murfreesboro, about 30 miles from Wildwood School. As you guys know, Tennessee State is doing only Nick McDevitt on the Boss Man Show. Coach McDevitt, I know you're living in Murfreesboro area, the Nashville metro area. Your family has to be enjoying it, man. We really are. We've uh, been here a couple months now, uh, about two and a half months, and really enjoying getting to know the community and the area and all the people here. It's uh, it's been hectic, uh, but it's it's been great getting to know this place uh, better, better. Now, Coach, you have been at Asheville since 1997, so I know it had to be something really, really special for you to leave Asheville after all these years. So what was it about President McPhee, Chris Massaro, and the Middle Tennessee administration that kind of say it's, it's kind of warn you over, you and your family over, say, hey, it's time to make this move with the Murfreesboro, take over this, this program in Conference USA here? Well, you just kind of nailed it. Uh, it. It was definitely going to take something special. 
uh, for uh, myself and, and my family and all of us to want to leave Asheville because Asheville is a great place. Uh, the city is, but UNC Asheville as a university is a great place. Uh, where I went to school, it's where a lot of my family went to school. So uh, we knew that if we were ever to leave Asheville, it's going to have to be a great situation. And that's what we found uh, at Middle Tennessee. Uh, from the people and, and uh, you know, President McPhee and Chris Massaro and a lot of the coaches uh, that have been here, the head coaches, when you look around, have been here 10, 12, 15 years. Same thing with the, a lot of the administration here on campus. So we knew that there had to be something special here because the place uh, continues to gain in national recognition and notoriety, not just the basketball program and what Coach Davis and his staff did for uh, 16 years, but also uh, the football program, uh, the, the the women's basketball program. Uh, you, you look at what the university is doing, continues to grow, not only in recognition, but just the footprint as well. Uh, all the things that President McPhee has done. Uh, Murfreesboro as a city is the fastest growing city in the state of Tennessee, one of the top 10 in the country, uh, located just about 25, 30 minutes right outside of Nashville. So the combination of all those things just uh, got uh, our family more and more excited about the opportunity when it arose. So uh, you know, we're, we're really lucky and fortunate to be here and uh, join our time and hoping to, to continue to grow this basketball program. Now, as coach, I probably told you this before, coach, but I still have a home in Nashville. So I come up from Atlanta and I come to Murfreesboro. I always see the, a crane of construction going on and something new <laughs> time I come through there. So you're right. It's definitely growing because I remember when Murfreesboro was nothing but just grass and fields. I remember that <laughs> coming down there, dying in 05, 06. I remember those. And now, if we you look around the campus, you see construction, you see free paving, you see different things around campus for the students. So in the MTSU, I think it's one of the biggest, probably outside of UT Knoxville and Memphis, the biggest school in Tennessee, probably. Is that right, Coach? That's right. We're uh, just over twenty thousand students. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, the 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 enrollment here at the university has been between twenty and twenty five thousand uh, for really about the last six, seven, eight years. And so, between that and the the multiple um, undergrad programs, the graduate school opportunities that we have here. Uh, the school just uh, continues to grow, like I said earlier, not just in the things that we offer and the national recognition and notoriety, but uh, we opened up a brand new $150 million science building within the last two years. Uh, there's just $800 million worth of campus uh, construction under President McPhee's watch. So uh, a lot of things going on on this campus, and those are the things like – uh, that I said earlier that really excited us that uh, the people that are in place here are doing a great job. It's one thing that if the people that have been in place here have been here for a long time, but the place is stagnant and not growing. Uh, but that's not the case. Uh, you look at uh, the athletic department in general uh, or as a whole, uh, they've, they've continued to grow from being a part of the Ohio Valley Conference and then moved into the Sun Belt then moved into Conference USA and uh, continued to, to try to uh, push the needle and, and push this program as a whole, uh, continue to push it uh, forward. I got a two-part two two for you here, Coach. Think about this, Coach. Uh, 
it's good when you get a job when a coach left the job in good standing. Like he, Coach Davis left you a great situation, which probably helped you want to come as well. How he built this program all the years. He was in Middle Middle Tennessee, and then you're playing Conference USA, so it's not so much a one B league per se. You can actually get in at large if you, if you play the right schedule. So for you, Coach, knowing that hey, I can recruit nationally again because the name Middleton's a national brand now. Also, and also playing at conference now, if you, if you, if you miss out on the trans conference championship, you might still have a chance to get in the tournament that way as well. Yeah, and that's some things that we're looking into both with our non-conference schedule uh, and being pretty pretty careful in particular about who we're scheduling there, which I thought Coach Davison and his staff did a great job, particularly last year. Uh, had one of the top 15 um, you know, strength of schedule, non-conference strength of schedule in the country. Uh, they couldn't have done much more on a scheduling standpoint to to put themselves in position to get an at-large bid. But our league in particular is looking into and did uh, go to a, a strategic scheduling model for our conference games as well, where the top five teams in the league will definitely play each other twice and uh, those second games will come in the last four games of the season. One through five will all play each other in their 15th through 18th games of conference uh, of conference play to do exactly what you just said, to try to give ourselves as a league a better chance of getting an at-large bid to get a second team in the tournament, but to also try to increase uh, the seed line of our automatic qualifier. Uh, the, the league representative... Uh, has been somewhere between 12 and uh, 15 over the last five or six years. And uh, just trying to look at some creative ways in both non-conference and conference scheduling uh, to try to increase the profile of our uh, individual teams. And now, Coach, non-conference scheduling with Middle Tennessee being in the middle of the, middle of the state pretty much, you can play Tennessee, Memphis if they want to play your Tennessee State, Vanderbilt, Lipscomb, Belmont, all within driving distance and get back in that day, and the fans can, can come see you all play. So is that something you're looking into, maybe try to strike up some of those regional rivalries once more to kind of get that flavor going for that middle Tennessee area, for all of the teams, college and schools right there that you can play non-conference, but it may not help you RPI-wise, but just kind of get the rivalries going just for the community at large. Yeah, I think, uh, again, you have to, to strike a balance of scheduling games that can both help you uh, with with your uh, non-conference RPI, but also games that are fun for your fans to watch, places that when you're playing away games that your fans can travel and get to. Uh, and that's really what we're doing uh, this year and want to continue doing as we move forward, playing Vanderbilt, Belmont, Murray State, uh, Ole Miss is coming up and playing us uh, at Bridgestone Arena in December. Uh, so we're, we're trying to continue the, the um, you know, playing the, a lot of the local teams. And uh, I just think those are, are games that the fans like them, uh, the alumni, the, the current players, the coaches, administration. Uh, those are just fun games to to kind of have bragging rights in your area and at work when you go see uh, your buddies that may have graduated from some of the opposing schools and, uh, you know, in, in conference play, we do a lot of traveling. You know, we have conference games all the way from Texas to Florida up to West Virginia and everywhere in between. So uh, to get a chance in non-conference play uh, to, as you said, to be able to get in the bus and go play the game, turn around and come back home, 
uh, is kind of a welcome break. So uh, we'll we'll try to find ways to, to again strike that balance of um, you know playing some nationally recognized opponents and at the same time uh, be able to play some uh, local opponents as well that uh, the fans and everybody else are interested in. Yeah, I wish you all played Georgia Tech or Georgia State coach right in my backyard. <laughs> but I know they, they, don't, they, don't, they don't want to play you guys. I've already thrown it out there. They, they don't want to play you all. I've already tried. <laughs> <laughs> well, those, again, those are those are games that uh, we're interested in playing as well. We, we recruit Georgia pretty heavily. Uh, we did at Asheville. Middle Tennessee has done so in the past, and we will continue to do so now that we are here. And uh, being able to – you know, really return some guys that are here that grew up in Georgia and the surrounding area to go back home and play the University of Georgia and play Georgia Tech and perhaps uh, start series, home-and-home home series with them, or two-for-one perhaps if, if that needs to, to happen to get a chance to have those teams come to the Murphy Center and come here to Murfreesboro uh, are games that uh, we're interested in scheduling as well. And, uh, Coach, speaking of recruiting, Coach, now – well, you be going to a I trying to use all four ways, getting high school guys, JUCOs, transfers, the fifth year guys maybe, and even an international guy too. If you like, like, like what you see, if it's a good fit for you, or you gonna try to do it, you know, a certain way since you get getting started out there in Murfreesboro down there. No, I think uh, as you just alluded to, our ability here uh, to go a, a multitude of routes and a lot of different avenues to recruit quality players here is obviously attractive and one of the things that that really attracted me uh, to the job as well is that you can continue to build the program in a lot of different ways Uh, whether you need uh, to to be older faster uh, you're able to do that whether it be through junior college transfers or grad transfers uh, you know, to, to be able to go find prep school kids, four-year high school young men, uh, kids that may have to uh, transfer from a high major school and sit out a year and they're eligible, uh, sit one, play two, sit one, play three. Uh, there's just a lot of different ways uh, that you can kind of build your program and build your roster year in and year out here at Middle. And uh, to have that ability and that flexibility is, is a bonus. And, uh, Coach, I know you guys are going to four hours this year for his workout time. So, will you be more so working on player development or are you just going to try to implement some schemes as well while trying to develop your players you got and evaluate and tell them you have having your roster as you look forward to building a roster down, down the road? Yeah, a little bit of both. Uh, you know, we'll probably do a lot of uh, – a little bit more scheme, overall scheme stuff this year. Than uh, that we w- than we would do in most other years, just because uh, even us as a staff, we're, we're new here. Uh, the players have never uh, played in the system or learned terminology. So uh, things that after a couple of years, your veteran players, your older players, uh, they've been running those kinds of things and doing those kind of things for two or three years. That's just not the case uh, with our team this year. We'll have three seniors on this year's team. Uh, but it will be year one for them uh, in this system. So you're really trying to teach this system uh, to every single person on your team. And so the the sooner that they get comfortable with that, the better. Uh, At the same time, you do have to continue developing your players as individuals so that their individual skill level uh, is allowed to, to really show itself and they're able to perform within the team setting and within the team scheme. And so you're really trying to 
strike a balance in, in teaching your overall system, uh, but continuing to develop your individual players at the same time. And so, Coach, in doing that, um, how much are you trying to work on getting them to buy in now and be, be become one with you and the staff? Because I know it's always weird when a coach leaves and you want the guy that re- recruited them. They kind of always had that semi-wall up towards you. So how are you and staff going about trying to break down that, that wall and get the guys to buy in and trust you and your staff and know that you, even though you do recruit them, you have, you have the best interest at hand no, no matter what because you're part of this team and you, you now you're, you're the, their, their guy and they, and they should trust you. Yeah, I think it's just being genuine and and open and, um, you know, being honest with them day in and day out. Uh, you know, I think you have to be yourself. Uh, they're young, but they're not dumb. And so uh, they they can pick up on whether you're you're trying to be something you're not and uh, or someone that you're not. And so that's that's really been my approach uh, from day one here, but also from day one when I got into you know coaching college basketball was uh to to be yourself and uh that's really what we're trying to do I think the guys uh, are really truly bought into what we're doing they they were having fun with what we're doing uh in the spring now at that time you're not facing any adversity either you're not losing games in yeah. April and May and so uh, you know, you, at some point throughout the season, you face a little bit of adversity because perhaps you're not playing as much as you want to, or you went through a, a two or three game losing streak. You know, that's when uh, you have to have everyone bought in, everyone on the same page, everyone's playing for each other, those kinds of things. And that's really what you try to build. Uh, at least that's what we're trying to build uh, backing up to the last week of March uh, when we got here all the way until the second week in November when games start. And so uh, we're kind of in the middle of that process right now. We started summer school Monday, uh, just two days ago. So we're actually having our first workout this afternoon, later on this evening of summer school. And as you mentioned, we, they bump the, the amount of time we can have with them on the floor each week from two hours to four hours. And so we'll have several one to one and a half hour team workouts each week. And uh, during that time, we'll do a lot of team stuff and sprinkle in some individual time to, to develop their skill level. And um, hopefully we can keep building this thing this summer. Coach, I got a couple more for you, Coach. Now, I got to ask you about food. Uh, what's been your favorite food spot in Murfreesboro so far or in Nashville, <laughs> Pierce, since you've been in town? Hey, I'm telling you, there are so many. I was telling some folks yesterday, I spoke to a group uh, at lunchtime yesterday and told them, uh, I, I think I'm enjoying the food around here a little bit too much. Uh, <laughs> but there, there are some there are great places in Murfreesboro to go eat. Uh, there really are. And, uh, you know, we've, we've had obviously had uh, a lot of uh, visits over the last couple of months with prospects being on campus. And uh, during their official visits, uh, most of the time you're going out to eat with them and trying to wine and dine them a little bit. So uh, during those visits, particularly, uh, you get a chance to go around town and uh, go to different restaurants. And uh, I don't think I've had a bad meal since I've been over here. So I'm pretty sure you've been to Toots then, Coach. I'm pretty sure of that. Oh, no doubt. Toots, Puckets, uh, yeah, Five Senses, Mimi's, Bar Louie, Jonathan's, uh, you name it, we've been there. Hey, Coach, I love it. Now, I mean, you've been, you've been, the Jack's Barbecue, Coach, you've been, you've been there before, Coach? Just about every barbecue spot in town. 
uh, we've been to. Quick Pig, Mission Barbecue, uh, Jim and Nick's. We've been all over the place. Coach, when I come to town, we got to get some barbecue, man. <laughs> I love me some Jackson buckets and Jim yeah, and Nick's, man. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. We're in the same boat. I love it, man. Hey, when, hey, hey Coach, every time I come to Nashville, I leave back with a bunch of barbecue back to Atlanta with me. Because that's what I take <laughs> back with me. I, I eat barbecue like a whole week, man. A whole week to my barbecue. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm, I'm always down for some good barbecue. Hey, Coach, i tell you what, Coach, I'm happy for you at this job. I look forward to coming down here and seeing you guys, man. I'm, and since when I come through town, I'm going to stop by and see you you and Eric and the guys over there, man. See, check check in with you and your team, man. I'm so happy for you, Coach. Look forward to seeing you real soon. You come, if you come to Peace Jam, Coach, hope, hope to have you come down in the studio with us as well, man. That'd be great. Look forward to it. I'll be down there this summer, so we'll get together then. Yes, indeed, Coach. Have a great day. We're going to talk to you real soon, Coach. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. segment with our health and wealth expert, Dr. Burnett, here with us on the Boss Man Show, joining John and myself. Dr. V, what do you do? How's things down in the ATL? It's good. I'm burning up, you know. That's good. It's like a typical summer day. <laughs> it's good to be burning right, y'all, up. Y'all in Cleveland, right? Yeah. Finals time. Yes. Finals time. Hopefully, mm-hmm. John's cast will go down in flames. Praying for that. Oh, goodness. Oh, Looks- goodness. Looks like that's what's uh, on the horizon. Yeah, I hope that happens because they need to go down in flames ASAP so LeBron can leave and go elsewhere and do whatever he does. Go Warriors. Oh, okay, <laughs> oh, I love it. Yes, indeed. Well, today you're going to talk to us about, you know, self-care the importance of self-care so what do you have for us today we'll chime in as you break down for us the importance of self-care okay well i want to just jump in really quick um and keep it simple and like i said you are more than welcome to uh jump into the conversation um you know if something resonates with you but yes you're right we're talking about taking good care of yourself and what that even means so i have just a a well, I'd say few, but that's three, but I have four uh, bullet points that I kind of want to discuss with you all briefly, and then we can kind of go from there. So let's go ahead and jump in. Uh, I want to start with working towards your goals, right? So when we talk about goal setting, when we talk about goal setting, you want to make sure that you're focusing on your strengths when you're creating goals. Let's start over. When you're creating goals, you want to have smart goals, right, which if my memory serves me right, S is for specific, M is for measurable, A is for accountability, R is for, you know, R is reliable, and T is reliable, and T is time management. So, whoo, I remembered. So, those are the type of goals. When you're talking about goal setting, you want to have 
smart goals, right? Things that you can measure, keep yourself accountable. They have a specific time frame to it. They're actually reliable goals and that they're very specific, right? So you can be able to track them appropriately and then maybe modify them if you want. But the first thing that you want to do is focus on your strengths. Then focus on solving problems. So you want to start with focusing on your strengths, right? Because it's a high note. Then you want to think about, okay, what are the things that I need to work on? whether it's in my personal or professional life, um, focus on the future, uh, and that goes more towards the long girl, long-term goal. Uh, and then the last thing about setting the goals is, you know, focus on um, what you want your life or how you want your life to progress, right? So I know I'm staying a little bit general, but a couple of things that would make a little bit more sense is when you're writing down your goals, right, you can start with short-term goals. Uh, so maybe like a week, up to three weeks. Um, you can then go into intermediate goals, which are like three to nine months, three to six months. And then the long-term goals typically are nine months and beyond. What I like to do is sit still quietly and um, figure out what my bird's eye view is of what I want my personal goals and my professional goals to look like. And then I actually kind of go backwards. I go through the intermediate and then the short term. It just helps me to see exactly what I need to do and the steps that I need to take in order to accomplish my goals, whatever goals it is, right? So that would be the first thing. In addition to that, in order to track the goals, you can do it in multiple ways, but there's two main ways that I like to suggest to um, my people, which is have a journal. That's really awesome because then you can track what's going on and make some modifications. But typically, the most common way to track your goals is having vision boards. So everyone has a vision board party or they want to do their vision board. Usually, it's more on the female side than the male side. However, yeah, I no, I won't do that to me. <laughs> well, yeah, I know you guys just have amazing memories. You're like, you know what? I'm just going to roll with it, and we'll just see kind of how it unfolds. And that's, that's how me and John do it. That's <laughs> how y'all do it. Yeah, hey, there's, <laughs> there's yeah, no judgment I, on that. Yeah, if I miss the mark on one of my goals and it's not on paper, I can just easily shift my goal to, to where I want to be. <laughs> oh, is that how that works? Oh, okay. That's <laughs> how that works. Well, typically, that's why I said typically women do have vision board parties where, you know, you're cutting out different clippings of magazines or writing different things on a board and you hang it up. Um, unfortunately, our society kind of forgets about the vision board similar to New Year's resolution, uh, maybe three months. So we're in March uh, when things kind of just disappear. But that's one of the reasons why I go to the journal first is because you can always keep that with you, um, whether you're stashing it in your work bag or your purse or you know, in your car or whatever, you can always track that. Um, moving on to the second tier, which is caring for yourself and what that looks like. So really some advice that I have just for basic self-care is live healthier, right? So eat healthy foods, get enough sleep, exercise regularly, avoid drugs and alcohol as much as you can, and manage your stress so that way, you know, you're better able to receive situations as they come, Right. Um, another suggestion is practice good hygiene, right? So that way it's important for social, it's important for medical and psychological reasons. So that way it reduces risks of um, illnesses, especially preventable illnesses. 
then also you feel better, right? When you're taking care of yourself with good hygiene and then other people respond better as well. Um, build a tribe. So visit friends, family, uh, be around positive people that are going to bring about support in your life. Um, especially if there's transitions that we go through, whether it's job or family changes, relationship changes, personal changes, we're always going through some type of transition. So it's great to be able to have a tribe that supports you during those conditions. Um, another suggestion that I have is try something that you enjoy every day. And I was talking to um, a family member of mine last week, during Memorial Week, and we were talking about running through the sprinklers as a kid or climbing the monkey bars. So even stuff like that where you remember having fun as a child um, or even in your teen years or your younger years, try something that you enjoy doing, right? It reminds you of the beauty of just the simple things. And the last suggestion for basic self-care is find ways to relax, right? So meditation, yoga, getting a massage, taking a bath, um, walking in the park or climbing the mountain. And, and that has to do with exercise regularly. Um, the third thing so, is... Doctor, before oh, you move on, do you mind if I interject? Yeah. Well, no, I don't mind. I was going to say okay. yes, but no, I don't mind. <laughs> well, the one thing I wanted to ask you about that particular segment before you move on was, do you feel that it's um, beneficial for people when you mentioned, um, you know, taking better care of yourself and doing small things in order to do that? So, for instance, if you wanted to lose a few pounds or if you're trying to quit smoking or if you're trying to quit drinking or cut down on your drinking or smoke, whatever the case may be, do you feel like it's beneficial for people to – um, engage in those behaviors like in small doses to kind of work up to it. So instead of trying to all of a sudden cut out all chocolate from your life, you know, because you're on a diet, maybe the first week you cut back, you know, 10% or 20%. And the next week you kind of build build on top of small successes, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Do you think it's beneficial for people to do that? Absolutely. I mean, what I, what I suggest, honestly, and what works is taking those baby steps. So that goes back to the goals, right? So if you're having weight management um, and eating healthy, track, track it in your journal. Track what you're eating. Do an assessment first to see, okay, where am I at? Where am I lacking? So especially when we talk about eating healthier um, and wanting to transition into a healthier lifestyle, honestly what I tell my clients and my um, patients is that track everything. Even if it does not look so great on paper, that holds you accountable, and so with the accountability, you're able to assess, okay, this is how much I'm taking in. Even when you talk about sugar drinks or even alcoholic drinks, I've got, you know, guys who drink beer with the guys, you know, and it's basketball season, so well, it's ending now. But still, I mean, I know that there's a higher consumption of alcohol right now because it's a social environment. Everybody's getting together for the game. Um, but even tracking that, you'll be able to understand how much um, – um, alcohol you're drinking uh, on the female side they get together the women get together and they drink wine you know so it's it, it, it's comparable on each side but it's something that relates to everyone when you're in a social atmosphere right we talk about alcohol consumption we talk about eating out how often are we eating out how often are we cooking for ourselves how often are we consuming water versus non-water products including coffee um, so definitely start with the assessment first. I think that's the, the baby step and acknowledgement of where you are. The other part of that is, and then, of course, you start to make the transition. Okay, let me remove, you know, ha instead of having three cups of coffee a day, let me just tear it down to two for the next two weeks. 
um, or even eating out. Okay, maybe I can only eat out on, you know, Twisted Tuesdays or, you know, your favorite place that has, you know, some type of favorite food that you have or a discount, you know, buy two, get one or whatever. Um, So start to convince those type of habits. The other part of that is the exercise. So usually what I find is um, people are so excited to make that change, especially during resolution season. They're like, I'm cutting everything out. I'm done. And then it's kind of like starvation mode um, for your body. And then you start craving things. And then, you know, and you work out in the gym, you're like, I'm going to work out six times a week when someone, you know, coming from a secondary lifestyle, they haven't worked out at all. So they go from zero to 100 without considering the fact that you're shocking your body. And that's not always a healthy response to it, right? If you're fasting, that's something different, whether it's religious reasons or personal reasons. Um, the fasting aspect is different. When you're talking about making such a drastic lifestyle change, you're right. It's important to do those baby steps and say, you know what? I'm going to walk 30 minutes per day, three days a week. That's perfect. As you start to become more comfortable with that, then you can say, and you assess your body too. Am I having aches? Are my knees hurting? Are my ankles hurting? Is my back hurting from exercising? Then you can change the type of exercise that works best for you. Maybe you need to start in a pool rather than start walking because there's less pressure on your joints being in the pool versus walking on a treadmill or on a trail. So it all comes back to not only taking the baby steps, but also going through that assessment process to really be honest with yourself and say, hey, I do want to make these big changes in the future, but what can I be doing right now in the short term to make sure that it's consistent in those baby steps to make a huge um, impact in weight management and or eating healthy? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make yeah. sense. It does make sense. <laughs> We might have to hold this over. You got two more to go, don't you? I do have two more to go. Yeah, we're going to have to hold that over for next week for a part two Ooh, of self Because John's question was just so good. And how you broke down the ladies drinking the wine, probably the Soda Home or the Moscato or the, you know, other Burnett's. <laughs> yeah, all, <laughs> all of that good stuff. Because yeah. I was saying last segment, I'm on that Bombay Sapphire. Okay. I'm hitting all that magic blue. Okay. The magic blue. Cranberry juice. <laughs> or the cream grape juice. Or the OJ. You call it this the Bombay Sapphire. Okay. Magical people. So, <laughs> yes, indeed. So we're going to save three or four for next week. Yes. Good self-care. Because Lord knows Dr. V got some good stuff for you. Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. I look forward to part two. Yes, indeed, folks. Dr. Burnett, help the one segment. We're going to come here next week. We out. Yeah, yeah, it's your man, JC, the host with the most, baby. And it goes down each and every Saturday night right here in the city of Memphis. That's right, y'all. It goes down at Clicks Sports Bar Memphis, baby. 3705 Malco Way, Memphis, Tennessee, 38125. Come out and join us, the Three Kings, each and every Saturday night for the liveest karaoke in the city. Everybody gets in free till 10 p.m., only $5 after. Great food. We got drink specials. We got all kind of games, man. We got the pool tables popping. Whatever you want, we got you, man. Come on out. Have a good time with us each and every Saturday night. That's Clicks Sports Bar, Memphis.